Have you ever dreamed of one day owning your own business, but just don't know where to begin? Then you've tuned into the right show. On All Things Franchising, you will hear from top national franchisers, successful franchisees, attorneys, CPAs, and others who support this fast-growing business model. So grab a cup of coffee and pen and notepad because you will want to capture the invaluable information you hear on today's show. And now, here is your host, Linda Ballesteros. Hey folks, welcome to All Things Franchising. This is Linda Ballesteros. I'm your host today. Thanks so much for joining me. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. I'm going to be talking about why teachers are highly successful franchise owners. I know that that the teaching industry is being turned on its ear, sort of the way we saw the the food industry turned on its ear. So we really don't know what the future of that looks like, and certainly the teachers don't either. Um, I recently read an article in USA Today, and it was a poll, and it, and it talked about how uh, this poll was taken at the end of May uh, 2020. For those of you listening to the recording, this is August the 6th, 2020, so you know we're in the pandemic. Um, this, this particular article said that one in five teachers said they would likely, they, they would probably not return to school this fall. So they're just going to take a pass. And <clears throat> excuse me, the interesting thing is that for those that are over 55, the percentage went up one in four. So many of those teachers um, may have decided to retire early. Um, but the thing is that they probably still, many of them still may have a passion for working with kids or at 55, they may not be done yet. They still want to contribute. They still want to make a difference. And like I said, these numbers were back in May of 2020 and more than likely as we get closer to the school year starting and many of the school districts have postponed the start and they postponed it because they really don't know what they don't really know what to do. They're, they're just, they're just trying to figure it out the best they can every day. Um, And those, those numbers are probably going to continue to go up. The thing is that this is happening when we have our highest unemployment rates of all times. So what is a teacher going to do? Now, there are other industries that were hit hard as well, but today I'm just talking about, the, about teachers and the educators out there. So what are they going to do? How do they find another job when there's so many people out there pounding the pavement, so to speak, looking for those, those jobs. So what are they going to do? Um, and, and maybe they don't need to work. And bless them if they don't need to work. They could just sit back and enjoy retirement. But sometimes they really do need to work. There are many teachers that are single moms. There are many teachers who is, the, the teacher is the breadwinner of the family. 
So what do they do? There are times when I think that um, I know I did for myself when I left corporate, when I left a 30-year banking career, I didn't think about franchising. I didn't think about that as an option. So there may be some teachers that haven't thought about franchising as an option because so many people think of McDonald's and Sonic and, and, and Burger King as franchise options. And there's so many industries now that are represented in the franchise model that it is really appealing and, and attractive to those that are looking for a system. And, you know, teachers are naturals at becoming a successful franchise owner because they do understand systems. They do understand how to plug into a system, how to deliver that. Uh, and that's the beauty of having a fr- uh, being part of a franchise is because you are plugging into a proven system. And, you know, franchising has actually worked, the franchisor has actually worked out the kinks, so to speak. And they have the manuals put together. They have the marketing material available. They have the CRM. They have the credit card processing. They have all of those components put together so that you don't have to do it. And that's why following their protocol is a great way to just take a step into success. Now, I know in the past shows, I've interviewed uh, some franchisors and and kind of introduced you to some of those. So what I'm going to do today is I chose a couple of industries that might be of interest to a teacher. Now, I can't tell you the name of the franchise, because I'm giving you information that I really shouldn't be giving you. I want you to get a, a good idea. I want this to give you a good idea as to the information we would have access to if you decided to work with me to find a business opportunity, a, a business um, indus- an industry that would best fit you. So What we're going to look at today, one of them, is we're going to go right back into children's education because, as I said before, there are teachers that still want to work with kids, and maybe they are tired of the whole political thing. Maybe they are tired of having to have more kids in the room and less time to spend with them. So this could be an option. So this particular franchise was founded in 2002. It began franchising in 2013. It was founded by a former teacher, probably struggling with a lot of the frustrations that many uh, teachers today struggle with. It was named um, world's number one STEAM or STEM franchise by Entrepreneur Magazine's Franchise 500. So Entrepreneur Magazine selects the, the top 500 franchises out there. 
They have nearly a million, a million children that they serve, and that's throughout 3,500 schools and communities and locations. It has a nationwide partnership with Girl Scouts, Boys and Girls Clubs, UNICEF, and other nonprofits. So this is another benefit of plugging in to an existing franchise. They already have relationships built, and you leverage on that. So you're able to tap into that, tap into someone else's, the franchisor's, efforts in building this brand. Give you a little bit of background on them as well. Um, They have 100 units across the U.S., Um, they're projecting 25 new units this year. And I don't know, that may be off a bit because of the pandemic. These are uh, projections. So who knows how that would have um, impacted them. Uh, The type of a business, it's home-based business. So there are brick and mortar and there are home-based businesses. Uh, The number of employees that you would want to have to get started is between one and five. And their retention rate is 88%. So that means 88% of anyone who buys into their franchise is successful with this and stays on with them. The training they provide is um, they have four days of training. And that is for you and your staff, so up to three or four people. And this training includes sales, marketing, uh, business management, as well as the SIP systems. Remember, I talked about the systems that they might have, whether it's CRM, uh, credit card processing. And depending what the business is, there could be other systems. There could be other Uh, software, um, proprietary software out there that they use as well. Now let's look at the financials. What they they say is that a prospective franchisee should have a liquidity of about $50,000. The investment range is between 48,300, and I don't know where the odd numbers come from, 48,300 to 62,950. The minimum net worth they require is 100,000. The franchise fee is 39,900. Royalties are 7,000. So let's look at all of these numbers for just a bit. So when we're talking about a franchise fee, that's also included in the investment range, that 39,000, might as well say 40,000, is all part of that investment range. Royalties, 7%. That means any any sales um, that once you open your doors and when you start Um, bringing money in, 7% of that goes to the franchisor. Does that seem like a lot? Trust me, it is not. When you take into consideration that many times they even do, they may even have a payroll system. 
a CR, like I said, the CRM platform, the marketing material. Um, many times they have the social media marketing plans. You don't even have to create your own post. So uh, the royalty fees are to cover the, the expense of what it takes for you to open the door, run business under their brand. Um, you may, when you start looking at this, you will hear passive ownership or semi-passive ownership. What that means is that a, a, a passive owner is someone who works in the business for 15 hours or less a week. So there are some franchises out there that uh, are strictly owner-operator. So that means as the owner, you have to work in the business. This, is, this one's just saying you can eventually get to the point where you will hire a manager to run it and you would be the passive owner. So you would step back from that role. Lifestyle is something that I always talk about with my clients because um, if, if the business demands don't fit in your, the lifestyle that you want, then it will not be successful. So they're saying that the lifestyle is flexible. Uh, this particular model will allow you to schedule your own hours and events. It's scalable, and it allows you to grow your business at your pace and grow big when you're ready. You, know, you may not be ready to dive into the deep end. Maybe you want to take it slow, and maybe you want to just build this on the side while you still have a job, and that can be done as well. Um, they also talk about the economics of it. So there's no salary ceiling and there's no cap on the number of students that you can serve. You can always add another employee. As the demand increases, you can add another employee. Uh, there's a quick return on investment with high profit margins and low overhead. So remember me talking about this is a home-based business. So it would be low overhead. So that means that your, um, your percentage, your ROI is going to be much higher. So this was the children's education industry. Um, this is just a sample of one of them. I have, oh, I want to say maybe 10 or 15 different companies in in my portfolio that I can access. And I just pulled this one out so that you could get a general idea of some of the information that we would have access to in the very beginning. And the way the process works is we start the conversation with what are your skills? What is your passion? What do you want your lifestyle to look like? And then we start narrowing it down. And once we've chosen several, then we start making those phone calls, and I set up the, the call between you and the franchisor so you can ask questions. The next step from there is where you really get to the, the meat 
of the company. And that's where the franchisor will say, here, I want you to talk to some of my existing franchisees. I want you to talk to um, Judy out in uh, Orlando and also Mary Beth in Arizona and also, you know, somebody in Wisconsin. So you get to talk to existing franchisors, uh, franchisees and ask those tough questions. How supportive is the franchisor? When did you see a profit? What are some of your struggles in this business? Would you do it again? Those are some really targeted questions that we would ask to those that have been with the company, a business owner with the company, maybe a year, maybe five years, maybe 10 years but you get some really, you really get a good picture when you start asking those questions. Now, if you're a teacher, you may say, you know, I have, I am done with the children's education industry. Give me something else. Well, typically, those teachers that I know, they've always had a knack for being organized. Because if they're not organized, boy, I tell you, Chaos can erupt pretty quickly. So this particular franchise I'm going to talk about now, they, um, they are an, they're an organizing company. Um, they were established in 1987. They started franchising in 2000. Now, this is a brick and mortar, so that means they have a storefront. Generally speaking, they have a, a square footage or a certain spec that, um, that you should follow as part of their brand. Remember, you're buying into their brand. But what I hear today is that commercial square footage is going to be at an all-time low when it comes to the, the cost of it. So if you're looking at getting into something don't let a, the fact that it's a brick and mortar um, scare you off because the, the rates have really dropped since so many companies have seen that uh, their employees can work from home. So there's going to be plenty of real estate availability there. So some of the things that they do is they do custom closet designs, closet solutions, Murphy beds, mud rooms, pantries, laundry rooms, home office, and more. And, you know, home offices are becoming even more popular than ever before because just like I said, many companies are seeing that their employees can work from home. Uh, so there are going to be more and more people to look for those organizing solutions um, to help set up a home office. So their background, they have 10 units. Uh, again, it's a brick and mortar. Uh, something interesting here is that uh, they have 100% retention. So that means that they have not had not one franchisee leave, and they've been franchising since 2000. Remember, so that's 20 years. So retention is 10, uh, 
their training is four weeks. And they go into not just the business model and all, but they go through everything that they offer and how to make that happen. Um, the financials, the investment range is 87200 to 494100 uh, some of that depends on what part of the country you're in. That would mean um, what are the the commercial real estate rates? Um, what does it cost to do a build out? So that's why there's such a wide range there is because different parts of the country, what it costs to get something done in California is going to be drastically higher than what it would cost to have that same thing done in Arkansas, for example. Their franchise fee is $38,500, and royalties are 5%. Now, when people ask me, how much does it cost? Every single concept, every single franchise is so different. Remember the children's education franchise, the royalty was 7%. This is 5%. So everything is different. Now, this one offers the same thing, a passive ownership, and it's 15 hours or less per week. So at some point, turn this over to a manager, and they can manage the process, and you step back away from it a bit. So let's talk about this particular one uh, gave me some financial data. The other one didn't have, didn't have that information in there. We can get that when you start digging down, but this one actually had it in there. Most franchises award territories. Now, what is a territory? For some franchises, it's a zip code. For other franchises, they go by population. This particular one goes by population. So this financial data is um, specifically for a territory over, of over 1 million people. That sounds like a lot, but when you're looking at some of the large cities, then that could be just an area of town. These numbers were 2018 numbers. They didn't have their 2019 numbers posted, and, and clearly 2020 isn't available. So in 2018, now this is, remind you, this is the closet, the organizing company. The average gross revenue for a territory of 1 million people, the average gross revenue one million three hundred eighty-seven thousand three hundred and forty-three. That's a really nice size company. The highest gross revenue is two million three hundred fifteen thousand nine hundred eighty-nine. Now again, let's look at these numbers. The one that's the highest, maybe that is located in California because their rates will be higher. So their revenues, they will be higher on, on the same ticket, so to speak. To compare that, the lowest gross revenue was 243590 
Now, that is the lowest gross revenue of any of their franchisees. Let's think about that for a minute. That particular franchisee may say, I only want to work two days a week. I don't want to have any employees. I, I just, I want something to just keep me busy. Now, the one that has the highest gross revenue, they may say, I am doing this so that in 10 years, I can sell this and it becomes, a le- I'm building a legacy. I want to be able to sell it in 10 years. I want to be able to retire completely in 10 years. So I want you to see that the opportunity is there. It depends on your motivation. It depends on why are you doing this? Do you want to just do it to have something to do on the side, make a little extra money? Or are you looking at it to build a legacy? So when I looked at what, I'm in Texas, I'm in Houston, Texas. Uh, When I looked at what teachers make here in Texas, they make anywhere between 83,000 and 79,000 a year. And, you know, when you take into consideration the income potential of these two franchises that I've just given you a glimpse of today, then do you think that there's a possibility that there are teachers out there that would, would want to look at another way to earn a living and maybe another way where they might be able to earn six figures, where there's no ceiling, where they're not tapped out, where they don't have to deal with the, the, the politics and the red tape where they wouldn't go home frustrated at the end of every day thinking, I really wish I could have done more, but my hands were tied. Yeah, I I think there are people out there that really want to do that. So let me just tell you a little bit of how I work with my clients. I'm a franchise consultant. And what that means is, that I have over a hundred, uh, over 400 franchise brands that I work with. And if they're not in my portfolio, I can give them a call and say, hey, will you work with a broker? And as long as they work with brokers, then we're good. Um, you don't pay for my service. My clients don't pay for my service. I get paid buy the franchisor out of their marketing budget. But the great thing is I am not stuck or I am not locked in to any one brand. If you want to look at children's education or if you want to look at a burger joint, I can look at all of those because I have no ties to any of those. My commitment is to you and to help you find the franchise, the model that best works for you. And 
another thing that I do is, as I mentioned earlier, we start by looking at your skills and your passion and what you want your lifestyle to look like. Um, we kind of, in the beginning, look at a lot of different concepts to flush out what might be of interest to you. And then we start looking at the financials. How much do you want to invest? Do you want to invest 50000 or do you want to invest 500000 That makes a difference as to which ones we actually start narrowing down to. And then we have those discussions with the franchisor, you say, oh, Linda, I like this ABC pest control. Great. Let's give them a call. So we get on the books and we call them. We have a conference call with them. You ask some of those questions. And then the next step from there is where you start talking to some of the franchisees, as I mentioned before. And when the decision is made, then the training, you go to the training, all of that's called discovery day. So you, you get together with the franchisor and um, that's where the documentation is all executed. But from that point on, I'm still going to be a part of your journey. I'm just going to take a different role with you. I'm going to now become your coach. I'm going to be your coach for the next three months after you open your doors. Because what I find is that if you've never owned a business before, maybe you don't know how to get out and network. Maybe you don't know how to put together your 30-second commercial. Maybe you don't know where those connections are. Now, most franchises, most franchisors, they will help you make those connections, but it's also good to have someone who's been through it to also say, well, here's a tidbit. You might check this group out in your city. See if that might work for you. I wanted to give you just an overview of what it would look like for uh, what some of the options were for a teacher and what it would look like um, if, if that was something that we wanted to proceed forward with. So if you know a teacher that is struggling as to whether to go back to, to the classroom or not, and they want a different option, they, they want to still continue to contribute, but they're not sure what that looks like. They're not sure where to go for that. And dusting off a resume for a teacher is very different than dusting off your resume when you're in corporate. So let me help. Contact me. Let's go through the conversation and see if franchising would be a good fit for you. You can drop me an email at linda at empowerfranchiseconsulting.com. Again, that's linda L-I-N-D-A at the letter M, the word power, franchiseconsulting.com. And we can, we can put something on the books. We can have a quick chat and just see if this would be a good fit for you. I hope the information has been helpful for you today. 
And I want to leave you, you know, I always leave you with a quote. Well, I saw a meme today and it, it went like this. I once went job hunting, hired myself and never looked back. So if you're interested in not job hunting, but hiring yourself and not looking back, let me help you with that. Folks, thanks so much for joining me today on All Things Franchising. Another great episode of All Things Franchising is now in the books. You can listen to past shows by following All Things Franchising on Facebook and Twitter. Thank you for joining us today. And be sure not to miss us next time when we bring you a brand new episode of All Things Franchising.